chapter nine of amusement only this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by carmen h amusement only by richard marsh queens chapter two the second lady cecil where are you here hubert who had been leaning against the wall came out into the moonlight the lady stood on the top of the steps the moon shone full upon her it lit up the glory of her red gold hair she was clad in full evening dress her little opera cloak which had slipped off her shoulders revealed rather than concealed her magnificent proportions hubert eyeing her critically from below told himself that she was certainly a honour i am afraid i am late i hope you haven't been waiting long nothing to speak of just time enough to enjoy a cigar and to dream of you cecil for shame is it them i have only my tin shoes on she held one out in evidence hubert liked the look of it it is as dry as tinder just the night for lovers i really think it is she came down the steps how glorious laying her hand upon his arm she looked into his eyes with her big ones as you say it is just the night for lovers they began to stroll she spoke it seems strange after all that has passed between us that you and i should be walking here together it does seem strange it certainly did after all the hard things you have thought and said of me there was a pause she looked down speaking softly call me by my pet name he slightly started but he was not the son of man to remain long at a loss as he turned to her and answered in his voice there was a ring of passionate intensity tell me by what name to call you call me angel angel my angel of love my angel of all good things cecil their lips met in a kiss as they did so he told himself that if she was cecil's idea of an angel she wasn't his but she was certainly a honour he wondered if she had been christened angel danvers what a weapon with which to chastise a wife cecil let us understand each other you are not trifling with me again need you ask this time he was fairly startled i am afraid that after all which has passed between us i need you do mean to make me your wife make you my wife good heavens what do you suppose i mean then you do not believe i cheated cheated then you do not believe that man you don't believe the lies they said of me never for one single instant his outspoken denial seemed to take her aback then if you didn't believe it why but never mind cecil it would be useless to pretend to you that i have been the best of women but i swear that i will be a good wife to you until i die my own he murmured to himself he said there seems to have been a good deal more romance about this little affair of cecil's than i suppose her manner changed let us talk of something else let us talk of you tell me of yourself my love well said hubert the ever ready for the moment i am in rather an awkward predicament what is it the fact is he looked her straight in the face and never turned a hair my remittances seem to have all gone wrong i am landed here with empty pockets she laughed let me be your banker will you 
with pleasure i'm quite rich for me i've got a heap of money in my purse if i can only find it she found it after long seeking how much would you like twenty pounds thank you should i make it thirty if you could make it thirty some banknotes changed hands he thrust them into his waistcoat pocket telling himself that that was something on account at any rate now your remittances must make haste and come thirty pounds is nothing to you it is a deal to me now i am destitute she held out her purse for him to see it still contained a couple of banknotes and some gold i suppose you couldn't manage to spare the rest he said you greedy thing i can scarcely believe you are the Cecil buxton i used to know he would never have condescended to borrow thirty pounds from me do you know it isn't only that you are nicer but somehow even your manner and your voice seem different do you think so they were standing under the shadow of a tree he leaned back against the tree by the way i have been remiss i ought to have inquired after your mother my mother she started i see your names are bracketed in a visitor's book together our names bracketed in a visitor's book together you are dreaming i saw them there mrs and miss danvers mrs and miss danvers cecy what do you mean it was his turn to stare her manner had all at once become quite singular what do you mean isn't your mother with you cecil are you making fun of me hubert felt that in some way he was putting his foot in it though he did not quite see how nothing is further from my thoughts than to make fun of you but when i saw mrs danvers name in a visitor's book whose name when i saw mrs and miss danvers there as large as life the lady moved a step away from him all at once she became as it were a different woman entirely i see that you are the same man after all the same mr cecil buxton the same cold calculating sneering cynic only you happen to have broken out in another place i presume you have been having a little amusement at my expense on a novel plan of your own but this time my friend you have gone too far you have asked me in so many words to be your wife i dare you to deny it you have borrowed money i dare you to deny that too i am not so unprotected as you may possibly imagine i took the precaution to wire this morning for a friend you will marry me or we shall see the lady swept him a splendid curtsy and walked off he was so taken aback by the sudden change in her deportment that he made not the slightest attempt to arrest her progress he stared after her in the moonlight open eye and open mouth well i've done something though i don't know what and i've done it somehow though i don't know how cecil ought to be grateful to me for ridding him of her they'd never have been happy together i'll stake my life on it hello who's this more adventures there was a rustling behind him he turned someone came out of the shadow of the tree it was a young girl she was clad in a plain black silk dinner dress a shawl was thrown over her shoulders he could see that she had brown hair and pleasant features she addressed to him a question which surprised him who is that woman she asked she pointed after the rapidly retreating angel with a gesture which was almost tragic he raised his head i beg your pardon i don't think i have the pleasure she paid no attention to his words who is that woman she repeated which woman 
that woman really i i think there's some mistake to his amazement she burst into a passion of tears cecil don't speak to me like that don't 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 hubert stared the young lady dropped her hands from before her face she looked at him with streaming eyes who is that woman tell me i've been longing for your coming thinking of all that i should say to you wishing that the minutes were but seconds and you've been here all the time you must have come hours before you told me that your train was due what is the meaning of it all that is precisely what i should like to know i came out here that i might be alone before our meeting i heard the sound of voices and i thought that one of them was yours i could not believe it i listened i heard you talking to that woman i saw her kiss you oh cecil cecil my heart is broken she tottered forward all but falling into hubert's arms he tried to soothe her such a boss he told himself that cecil had more romance in his nature than he had given him credit for his complications in the feminine line appeared to be worthy of the farces at the palace royal in the midst of her emotion the young lady in his arms continued to address him why did you tell me you were coming by one train when all the time you must have meant to come by another i have your letter here from the bosom of her dress she drew an envelope hubert made a dash at it my letter permit me for an instant with scant ceremony he took it from her hand he glanced at the address recognizing cecil's well-known writing miss miss danvers are you are you miss danvers the girl shrank from him her tears were dry her face grew white cecil she exclaimed forgive me if my question seems a curious one but are you miss danvers the girl shrank away still more her face grew whiter she spoke so faintly her words were scarcely audible cecil give me back my letter if you please he handed her back her envelope miss danvers i entreat you but the look of scorn which was on her face brought even hubert to a standstill as he hesitated she fixed him with her eyes he had seldom felt so uncomfortable as he did just then he seemed to feel himself growing smaller simply because of the scorn which was in her glance good evening mr buxton she slightly inclined her head and was gone hubert stared after her dumbfounded when he did recover the faculty of speech he hardly knew what used to make of it well i've done it if she's miss danvers who is angel cecil will thank me for the treat which i'm preparing for him i knew this fatal likeness would dog me to the grave why was i born a twin he strode slowly toward the building as he entered the hall a lady was coming along the corridor at sight of him she quickened her pace she advanced to him with outstretched hands she was a lady of perhaps forty years of age cecil she cried but hubert was not to be caught with thought he had had enough for the present of cecil and of cecil's feminine friends ignoring her outstretched hands he slightly raised his head pardon me you have the advantage of me madam the lady seemed bewildered she stared at him as if she could not believe her eyes and ears the door through which hubert had just entered from the grounds was reopened at his back a figure glided past him it was the younger from whom he had just parted in not too cordial a manner 
she went straight to the lady, slipping her arm through hers. Mama, Mr. Buxton has declined to acknowledge my acquaintance, as he declined to acknowledge yours. I think I can give you a sufficient reason for his doing so. If you will come with me, dear mother. Hetty, murmured the elder woman, still plainly at a loss. Come, said the girl. They went, leaving Hubert to stare. Well, I've gone one better. That's Mrs. Danvers, I presume. So I've contrived to insult the mother and the daughter, too. Cecil will shower blessings on my head. Who can that angel be? As he was about to follow the ladies along the corridor, someone touched him on the arm. Turning, he saw that a stranger in a black frock coat stood at his side. What were you saying to those ladies? This person asked. What the deuce is that to do with you? And who the devil are you? It has this to do with me that I am the manager of this hotel, and that it is sufficiently obvious that your presence is objectionable to those ladies. Moreover, under existing circumstances, it is objectionable to me. It is a rule of this hotel that accounts are paid weekly. You have been here more than three weeks, and your first week's bill is yet unpaid. You have made sundry promises, but you have not kept them. I don't wish to have any unpleasantness with you, sir, but I regret that I am unable to accommodate you with a bed in this hotel tonight. Hubert felt a trifle well. He was capable of that feeling now and then. As they were advancing in one direction, two gentlemen, a tall and a short one, were advancing towards them in the other. They were coming to close quarters. Hubert was conscious that the manager's outspoken observations could not be altogether inaudible to the approaching strangers, so he rode as high a horse as he conveniently could. As for you, I will see it hang first. As for your insolence, I will report it to your employers. As for myself, I shall only be too glad to go at once. One of the approaching strangers, the tall one, suddenly standing still, placed himself in front of Hubert in such a way as to bar his progress. With the fingertips of his right hand, he tapped him lightly on the chest. Not just at once, dear Buxton, not just at once, not before you have said a few words to me. And to me, said the short man, who stood beside his taller companion. Hubert looked from one to the other. And pray who may you be? he inquired. You do not know me? asked the big stranger. Nor me? echoed the little one. But it does not matter. Perhaps you have a bad memory, my dear Buxton. The big man's manner was affable. He turned to the manager. You must excuse us for one moment. We have just a word to say to our friend Buxton. Here is our little private sitting room. Most convenient, just a word. Before Hubert had altogether realized the situation, the big man had thrust his arm through his and drawn him into a sitting-room, which opened off the corridor from the left. When they were in, the big man locked the door. He not only locked the door, but in an ostentatious manner he pocketed the key. End of chapter 2 of Twins